From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the 3D printing industry. You know, I had a gentleman come in, I don't know, it was probably two summers ago now, because last summer it was kind of just a wash. <laughs> but he came in and he owned a... He is older gentleman. He owned a company that they specialized in manufacturing parts for like hoists that are used in um, factories or whatever. And all he wanted some machining done because his, his CNC was down. So we're like, well, you know, I was like, what you what he needed was this like simple check fixture, right? And I'm like, what you need? We could actually print. And he he didn't really understand printing. And he's like, no, no, I want a machine. And she's like, well, how about I'm just gonna print this for free. Go try it. And if you like it, come back and see us again. And, you know, I printed this simple little thing for him, a uh, little jig fixture to check like sizes of different parts. And, you know, he was super happy with it. He's like, oh my gosh, it's way lighter. And it was, you got it done in like, you know, one night. And he's like, we have, we have so many more of these that we can implement. That was Chris Kaminsky. Chris is a lab manager at the Lakeshore Fab Lab at Muskegon Community College. The facility, based in Muskegon, Michigan, is an entrepreneurially focused makerspace working to give people access to technology and software that is typically out of reach for the general public. By night, Chris is an added manufacturing evangelist working towards demystifying the complexities of 3D printing and design by making it accessible to everyone. To help do so, he co-founded the MI3D organization, which supported over 500 3D enthusiasts with local events. He's also involved in online communities, such as the 3D Printing Club, where discussions can range from basic concepts to advanced topics. Chris joins the show today to talk about his efforts to bring people together and empower communities by showcasing how innovative technologies, such as added manufacturing, can change lives. Before we get started, head over to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Thank you so much for joining the show today, Chris. Um, why don't we just start kind of at the beginning? What got you interested in 3D printing, engineering, kind of putting stuff together? Sure. So it all kind of started with a buddy of mine, uh, a buddy from college. He runs a company called Perception Engineering here in West Michigan. Um, and he started just doing that on the side out of his basement. Him and, his, uh, him and a friend of his, uh, got a 3d printer and they were doing prototypes and stuff like that. And, you know, I was like interested, it's kind of cool. And, you know, he had approached me to work with him part-time. So uh, about a couple months in, I was just doing some part-time SOLIDWORKS design. He's like, Hey, you want to borrow this 3d printer? He had just got another one. He's like, you know, if we're going to be working together, you should borrow it, get to learn the technology. And so I did, you know, it was a, a full of a summer of printing, the nerdiest stuff I could find Zelda, Pokemon, whatever, right? Like Star Wars stuff. And <laughs> uh, it, the first printer was a, a Lulz bot. I think it was a Taz 4 or something like that. And I had a heck of a time getting that thing going, right? Because <laughs> he, he basically just said, here, figure it out. <laughs> um, and he gave me ABS material to print with, and I didn't even know it was ABS. So that was another, another struggle there. But anyway, so I got addicted to it. And in the fall, of, oh, in the fall, he like, ah, I need it back, right? I got some projects I got to do for us. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I need my own. <laughs> and uh, a guy, another guy had just met, had just opened up a shop down the road doing 3D printing services and he sold some printers and stuff. So I bought one and, you know, it just kind of 
compounded from there, right? Just I started doing prints at work for the place I was working at, uh, an automation company, you know, making nesting and just like doing simple jigs and fixtures. And it just kind of cascaded. Like, I'm like, I see a real potential. Uh, this thing can print little Pokemon figures, but also can be very powerful in industry. <laughs> and, what was it about the, like, was there something about the struggle to make it work that appealed to you? Because some of those printers, like, especially for just, you're just given material, you're a machine, like it's not necessarily all intuitive. I'm a lifelong learner, right? Like I love to tinker. I've worked on cars my whole life. So it's just like, it's a part of me. Like I'm the, I'm the person that doesn't read the instruction manual and I'll just, I float on the fly. Right. <laughs> and then when I have a problem, that's what I'm like Googling and going on Reddit and stuff like that. But yeah. <laughs> and I kind of got like, I kind of got the, the into the maker culture of the area too. That's kind of how, what landed me in, the uh, space of running the Lakeshore Fab Lab in Muskegon, Michigan. Uh, so mechanical engineering background, and I was working, you know, for automation companies. I worked for a reverse engineering scanning company. Uh, and I, my job before I joined the Fab Lab was working at General Motors. I was a contract uh, worker with them in their design department. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I started to get involved in the maker community in West Michigan and you know, people started to just know me as that, that maker guy. Right. And it kind of cascaded because I, the first time I kind of got into like entrepreneurial stuff, whatever, um, actually it's what prompted Steven, uh, to reach out to me and say, Hey, you want to want to work on the side a little bit is I did this like pitch competition, uh, with a company called start garden in Grand here. And you, it's, it was called a startup weekend. You go pitch an idea on a Friday night, you know, maybe 40, 50 people pitch, and then people vote on the top, you know, 10 ideas or whatever. And then those ideas get worked out through the week. So I had no experience doing this stuff. So I, I went and pitched and I fell flat on my face, right? And I didn't think I did very good. And people told, <laughs> as rude as you think it is, people told me that my idea was stupid and that it would never take off. <laughs> um, but this was like way before Shipped and all these other grocery delivery companies were around. So that was my idea. It's like, oh man, you know, I really hate grocery shopping. And, you know, in college, I had the crappiest jobs. Like, this would be the perfect job for a college student or a stay-at-home mom, right, who can take a couple hours and just go um, grocery shop, right? And so I pitched that, and you know, people told me it was dumb. <laughs> so, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I guess it's dumb. <laughs> so I didn't get chosen that weekend, but, you know, I learned a lot. I joined another team, uh, and I connected with more makerspace people uh, at that event, the guy that actually ran the – now defunct GR makers. And, you know, I just randomly met this guy and it kind of like put me on that path because four years later, you know, he's the one that reaches out to me like, dude, you'd be perfect for this role at, to run the fab lab. I'm like, huh? Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> so I, I, I tell people all the time, right. It's, it's the connections. Like you never know. We're just like going up to that random one person at an event that you might not even want to be at, like where it might take you. And so I tell people to have those conversations, like go out on the limb. <laughs> sure. And that's the the interesting part too, that there's a certainly a maker community here in Chicago that's pretty extensive, but I think they're, they're all over and the connectedness of some of the maker groups, even to other cities and things like it's a really cool ecosystem, not just for 3d printing, but a lot of other laser cutting, woodworking, like all sorts of kind of hands-on stuff that people 
are kind of sharing ideas, sharing tips and, and things. So it's, um, it's really cool to see all, all that coming together, especially, I mean, almost everyone has kind of full-time jobs in addition to what they're doing. Right. And some are building companies and, and things. So it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, so maybe like for those who are kind of just learning about the 3d printing industry, kind of, can you just define what like a fab lab is just so we're, sure. Sure. So makerspaces and fab labs, are, they're pretty similar, but the fab labs kind of stem from MIT's like model of a makerspace, you could call it. And so MIT, their center for bits and atoms, you know, they have the, the kind of the first fab lab. Uh, and then the fab foundation was created. So the fab foundation is just, you know, this worldwide entity that just kind of oversees the fab labs, not really meddling, you know, hands in them too much, but just kind of like, points the direction of where they want those kind of organizations to go. Like, all right, this is how you, this is the kind of equipment you should have. If you want to open one, you know, if you're going to be a fab lab in the network, here's kind of some like charter uh, rules to follow. Right. Just like, you know, not, it's not, it's not a place where you want to go and be a full scale production facility for somebody. Right. It's small scale, it's prototyping, it's learning, um, you know, and you have to be open to the public. So you can't call yourself a fab lab if you, you know, your fab lab isn't like the third floor of like Ford's building in Detroit, right? Like it's not open to the public. You can't get on their map. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, that's, that's the base of it. There's not a ton of differences between like a traditional makerspace and like a fab lab. Although I see more fab labs are associated with, you know, bigger institutions, be that uh, higher learning, like a college or university, you know, there are some kind of private ones that I think are just funded by grants and stuff like that. But most of them seem to be attached to a college uh, in that fab lab realm. <laughs> and what was the, uh, what was the story behind kind of starting the one in your area and kind of the Muskegon area? Sure. So my boss, Dave, uh, my old former boss, actually David Strudell. So he was a business owner throughout his years, you know, serial entrepreneur. And he, he saw these like fab lab makerspace areas popping up it, you know, he thought the idea of like, oh, these incubators, and then you have these makerspaces, right? Why don't we put the tools with the people, you know, that want to start a business or create prototypes and stuff like that? Uh, so he had the idea, gosh, six, seven years ago, right? And he's, he proposed it to the board and, uh, you know, big education facilities, you know, they move quickly. <laughs> and, you know, here we are, I think it took about five or six years to get everything in place, you know, and they got the community support through, um, you know, grants and some donations from, you know, local people in West Michigan, uh, organizations, companies, private, private people who, you know, like one, one of our uh, largest donors, uh, Dick and Ann Craft, you know, he was a Michigan Community College alumni and he gave back to the college in Michigan and West Michigan, like you wouldn't believe, you know, cause he started a business and was successful in his, in his business and, you know, and then he decided to give back. So yeah, that was kind of the premise of it. It was a place to bring, you know, bring youth, adults, bring all these different disciplines, backgrounds, ethnicities, bring everybody together and give them access to resources that, you know, they don't, you don't necessarily would have in any other case, like basically just give the community a leg up. <laughs> and the community already, there's a lot of manufacturing around, right? Automotive, it's in Michigan, but you mentioned automation, isn't there like, 
some of the big furniture companies are, are up in that area as well, right? Yep. Yeah. You got like Steelcase, Herman Miller, and Hayworth. Yeah. There's probably three or four more that I just, yeah, they're just, it's huge. It's huge. West Michigan is like a furniture capital. <laughs> <laughs> and so is there a lot of like, can you talk about kind of from the community college or just education standpoint, are there kind of a, a pipeline of engineers or like at least to, to fill some of those those needs from the workforce yeah so it's kind of cool because our so the fab lab is located in downtown muskegon and we're actually attached to uh the tech center the service tech center for muskegon community college so like next door you got your cad classes you got welding machining engineering um pretty much anything techy right uh yeah anything like that but just science they have a foundry which is pretty cool um alternative energy robotics stuff like that it's all next door so they have a big focus on um you know, kind of those, those tech degrees for, for individuals, like, you know, whether it's a tech certificate in robotics, right? Maybe you're not going for a four, four year school, but you're going for one to two years to get a degree in how to program robots. Um, yeah. And so that's like right next to the fab lab. So a lot of that, you know, spills over and the people, same people that want to learn how to do robots are the same people that want to learn how to program a CNC that we have. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you know, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and, you know, I see a future with, especially in the additive industry and like, you know, added it like additive and 3d scanning, reverse engineering, you know, just kind of like those, those um, curriculums, I guess you, if you want to call them that or disciplines, those, at least in our area, you don't necessarily have uh, programs or t- certificates. So like I could see implementing, you know, uh, uh, additive manufacturing you know, certificate or something like that. You have the fab lab in the college just to kind of give people, you know, people, a lot of people who are going for those engineering degrees and stuff like that, they understand 3d printing, right? They probably have a printer at home, a $200 ender and they're making baby Yodas all day long, but <laughs> to try to get people to think about all right, how do you, how do you use this technology just differently? Right? Like I met a baker who's using 3d, like a, a $300 ender printer for like various missed like tools and, um, stuff that she needs for her craft, right? Like I would have never imagined a baker using it, right? So just trying to get, open the open the eyes and the minds of people like, yeah, this thing can print baby Yodas, but you know what else it can do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I think there's there's something to that as well. Certainly at the community college level, we were just doing some, uh, a tour of one of the ones in, in Chicago here of kind of very tech focus, robotics, welding, working with um, circuit boards and all the kind of hands-on skills that I mean, again, I, I did a materials engineering program and the amount of hands-on stuff that we did was minimal. I mean, it, and it certainly there's, there's practicalities in applying that in, in some fields, but like the amount of hands-on and learning through experience is in my opinion, invaluable. I mean, like you can get that from a lot of different directions, but the, the ability to have it all in one place where you can kind of connect the dots through the entire process chain and, and also looking beyond not just printing, but like, okay, how do you program a machine or how do you fix it when it needs to be fixed or the maintenance level of it? Like there's all this other stuff around the ecosystem that it, that's required to just get to a, a printed part. Sure. Yeah. And the 3d printing is not always the answer just like you know 
CNC machining is not always the answer. It's finding the right applications for each, right? Like, um, you know, I had a gentleman come in, I don't know, it was probably two summers ago now, because last summer was kind of just a wash. <laughs> but he came in and he owned a, he his older gentleman, he owned a company that they specialized in manufacturing parts for like hoists that are used in um, factories or whatever. And all he wanted some machining done because his, his CNC was down. So we're like, well, you know, I was like, what you, what he needed was this like simple check fixture. Right. And I'm like, what you need, we could actually print. And he, he didn't really understand printing. And he's like, no, no, I want a machine. And she was like, well, how about, I'm just going to print this for free. Go try it. And if you like it, come back and see us again. And, you know, I printed this simple little thing for him, a uh, little jig fixture to check like sizes of different parts. And, you know, he was super happy with it. He's like, Oh my gosh, it's, way lighter and it was you got it done in like you know one night and he's like we have we have so many more of these that we can implement and yeah so you know it's education like just trying to find the right tools and processes for whatever walks through the door (laughs) and is that kind of the main way that people find you is they kind of like walk through the door or find you online or like is what's the like what's your typical like engagement look like honestly the biggest like we were building up we were we were at a peak right before COVID, right? Like we were just like, oh yeah, we're gonna ride this ride this uh, popularity train, <laughs> and then it, we all got shut down. So it's like, like I said in, before we started, I'm like, we're basically just starting over. But a lot of what, a lot of the a lot of the success we've had is by word of mouth, right? And even word of mouth, it it only goes so far until you actually get people through the door. Uh, because maker like a makerspace fab lab is such a kind of a foreign concept to people that when you explain it to them you know so many times people come in they're like yeah i kept meaning to get down here and whoa i get it now right <laughs> like they, they don't quite understand how to use a space like that and heck i'm still learning too but you know <laughs> it's really been word of mouth right <laughs> that's that's been our primary uh uh <laughs> marketing tool and so I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, talk about the Fab Lab, preach us up, you know. Uh, when you have a conversation with uh, Grandma and Grandpa over the holidays, you know, when your cousins or something, talk about a cool thing you saw at the Fab Lab or a project you worked on, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and what sorts of equipment do you actually have in the Fab Lab? So we have a bunch of uh, hobbyist level 3D printers. So some Prusas, you know, a couple of Creali- a bunch of Creality printers. Um, we have some Stratasys higher end machines, uh, like a couple of U-prints and uh, a Fortis 450. So we have some bigger ones as well, some higher end 3D printing. But then we also have a large format vinyl printer. And, you know, that thing is uh, very popular, especially for like marketing for small businesses and stuff like that. You know, they can come in and they can make stickers, they can make banners, t-shirts, anything like that. Right. And they can, uh, like one of our, uh, recent customers in the last year, last couple months, his, uh, uh, he, he runs a brewery, Rake Brewing in downtown Muskegon. Well, his like label machine broke and he had a beer release coming out the next day. He's like, I need, I think it was like three or 400 labels. He's like, dude, I, I need three or 400 labels. Can you print these off as stickers right on that machine? And we did, and you know, we were able to get, get it to him and they applied them overnight and you know, he went on business as usual. Right. So, uh, that thing, you know, but it's people, the kids love making stickers on that thing. <laughs> when we have, uh, the kids come through for like homeschooler classes, people love like, Oh my God, I can make a sticker of my favorite things. 
But yeah, so we have the large format vinyl. We have some smaller ones, like crickets, right? Just some hobbyist level ones. A laser cutter, right? It's not a makerspace <laughs> without a laser cutter. And then we have a CNC plasma cutter and a CNC router. So we can cut some sheet steel or uh, some sheets of wood. Like I just designed up and cut a uh, coffee table that I'm going to put together this weekend out of some plywood on the router. That's and awesome. then we have a couple 3D scanners. Yeah, we're always, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out like, what's the next thing? Like, what do we need to add to our, uh, you know, our repertoire? Like, we got to keep advancing. So right now I'm really, really trying to push to get one of these uh, conveyor belt 3D printers. Have you seen those? No. No? Oh, man, look it up. CR30 was the Creality one they just came out with. Okay. It's about $1,000, but it's uh, Infinite Z uh, access. So it's a 3D printer, and the, the nozzle's tilted on a 45-degree angle, and you can print stuff just coming off a conveyor belt, right? And it drops into a box. Uh, something that would have been very helpful last year when you know, me and people were printing face shields, right? Like I could just hit them, hit print, and it just drops into a box, and I don't have to wake up every two hours to switch it. <laughs> Um, that, and we're looking, we're looking into like some augmented reality stuff, right? So we're kind of like, there's stuff we kind of want. We just have to figure out kind of how to utilize it, right? In the community. And what do you see kind of in your opinion in terms like you guys help enable a lot of different new cases, whether it's the brewery or printing fixtures or the face shields, like from a career standpoint, if like someone's kind of learning about engineering, learning about 3D printing, they may or may not have a degree or graduate from high school, like kind of the experience you get in a fab lab or that hands-on experience, like where have you seen that lead people in terms of, of career paths? Are they going into small, medium-sized companies? Are they getting hired to do other stuff? Is it a career path yet? Or is it like, hey, like it's a nice skill to have, but like. Sure, man, it's, it's kind of a bit of both. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people that really connect really well with the maker mentality and the fab lab makerspace mentality, they're the ones that, you know, might go to a smaller mom and pop shop, you know, be it manufacturing, whatever it is. And they're the, they're the ones that are going to be like Jack of all trades. Like they may not know how to do it or be an expert here, but they're going to figure it out. You know, that's kind of what it takes to live in a, a makerspace, right? Like, that's kind of how I survive. Like everybody's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you instill that in kind of younger people kind of, I know you do a lot of kind of outreach to kids and school age kids. And like, what's the, what's that like? Oh man. When, like when you say instill it, like, hold on, I'm trying to think. I guess what's the um, experience when like you're teaching kids about 3d printing? Like, is there like, what's, what gets them excited? Do you see that like translating over to other skills that they're doing? Yeah. So what, I, what, what I've noticed is when you make it like when we try to do a class or something with kids or workshop, when it's, you know, everybody's making this widget, everybody's doing this thing, you know, they're not as like, they don't see, like, oh yeah, this is cool, whatever. But when you start to make it like, you know, what are you interested in? You know, what do you want to do? Like, do you like to play games? Do you like to play video games kind of thing? Um, so trying to tailor it, making it personal, right? Because like if somebody, you know, I don't know, 
prints off a, a you know something that's just on Thingiverse. That's cool. But one thing that we we uh, love to do is a program called Sculptress, where kids can kind of freeform create like you know a creature or a character. It's it's like a model a sculpting program that you know a lot of like animators would use to create like you know more of the organic shapes like characters and stuff. So that that's been pretty popular when we do like a three D print class where it's like all right. So we're going to do this and we're going to be our own game creators, right? Make make a design a character, create a backstory to it and this is your character, right? And this will be some of the kids first time ever touching the software and I'm amazed at what they can do. Like everything I make in the software ends up looking like Jar Jar Binks for some reason. <laughs> and you know, I've seen kids make like somebody made an almost pretty dang close replica of me. They were like you're going to be the, the lead character in my game. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll just send you a picture. But it looked, the head looked a lot like me. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's trying to break free, you know, because we will, we'll hear from the teachers and students that come through for like field trips. Like, you know, we're so popular because it's kind of that free form. What do you want to do environment? Which no one, you know, no one in like traditional K through 12 is used to. Um, because you're told, you know, sit in this desk, do this task, yada, 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 yada. The Fab Lab, it's like, what are you interested in? Yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you interested in to take and put in some extra hours, some extra effort in terms of your mental energy to kind of keep you focused on on something? So. I always call it a choose your own adventure book. That's essentially what a Makerspace Fab Lab is. It's, you know, you you define, you know, the pathways and the stories. And is that like kind of the key to unlocking everything is like, if you can find someone that like someone to get passionate about a certain aspect, whether it's doing their own character or medical or, or whatever it may be like teaching them the fundamentals of, Hey, this is how the process works. And these are the different materials. Does that come that become much easier? Oh yeah. That, and then <laughs> they're probably the, the kids that end up doing that, you know, they're the ones that, they're, they they kind of will take over machines and stuff and like they'll just run with it right like you know i had one gosh i think he was like 12 or 13 a couple years ago but you know he he's he wanted to make some money right what can you do at that age besides mow grass so he came into the fab lab and started laser etching glasses uh which then he would go sell right and i'm like geez and then next thing you know he's setting up um a table in a booth that uh, local restaurants and taking orders, you know, around holidays, right? Like come get your, you know, Cadence custom creations, right? That's, I think that's what he called his uh, little business. Um, right. And for his, his driving factor was money and a motor, a mini bike. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, there's a, there was another girl from our homeschool program, uh, Sage, she ran with it too. Like she learned how to use the laser and she, you know, she made her own jewelry that, got put into an actual store not too far from where we are and they were selling it right again for her that was money she saw the dollar signs <laughs> i mean when i was that age that's all i wanted right you want a job you want to be like, make money so you can buy your own whatever right <laughs> and of all the kind of success stories that you've seen and people that have taken up the technology whether it's 3d printing or others at the fab lab how has that informed you in terms of kind of like you see that some kids take it up or some companies like kind of like are 
really attracted to the technology, show them one thing like, oh, like this is, duh, we should be using this. Like, how has that informed you in terms of like, you said you're kind of restarting now after the pandemic kind of reopening. Is there anything you're doing differently than you would have a couple of years ago when, when you're really just starting that kind of with the, this knowledge in, in hand? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, really trying to leverage, trying to leverage people, um, especially like my volunteers that work with us, like, uh, which, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's restarting. We lost some people, you know, not due to like COVID or anything, but, you know, people's lives change or whatever. So, you know, now we have to find new people, new volunteers and um, new champions, you know, of the Fab Lab. Um, gosh, yeah. I mean, I remember our first couple of classes and workshops that we ran and it was just disastrous, right? Like they went on so long and we, you know, but we learned, you know, I'm not a teacher by trade, right? Like me and some of the other people that volunteered, we're not, there's only a couple of them that were actually teachers. Um, so, you know, over the past couple of years, I've learned how to teach and, you know, like I said, figure out what, what's going to drive the kids or adults even to be interested. You know, people, people love, you know, make their own thing that is theirs, right? Like, um, you know, if it's like, all right, we're all just going to have Michigan State glasses and we're going to show you how to laser rash, you know, that's not fun, right? <laughs> Especially um, if you're a Wolverine fan. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, you know, going forward from that, it's just uh, we didn't really have a support team in place for the first couple of years uh, with, right, with an advisory committee, I should call it. Um, so local people in the community, whether they're business owners, whether they're, you know, they're represent a part of a, another college that kind of fits, you know, our goal or the chamber of commerce, you know, different like support organizations in the community. Uh, we had our first meeting earlier this year. What I really want to do is fall back onto them and say, all right, we kind of like directed the fab lab internally from the college for the first couple of years. And now I think we really need to look at, you know, what does the community need? What does the community want? You know, you know, is there a big need? Like, you know, do, do more businesses need screen printing than, I don't know, another 3D printer, right? Like what it, what would help the community most? So that's kind of where we're hoping to go from here and just evolve the relationship with the advisory board that we had put together. So I guess that's a pretty good answer to what you're saying is, you know, we were kind of going it alone. It was like, you know, we were running it internally, um, MCC college facing outwards, where now is we really want to have the community looking at us and telling us what they need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, it, it's super interesting kind of space We're we're trying to get something started in kind of the, the West and South side of Chicago this summer. And one of the things that, as we've been talking to people of like potential participants in the class, this is a little bit older kind of 21 and over kind of classes kind of getting people maybe re-interested in manufacturing because for such a long time you had, I mean, you can see it in every major city, right? Like factories have shrunk and the perception that manufacturing is kind of a dirty old job, or, I mean, this is one that always seems to come up is like why we spent so, there's so much talk about automating and robots, like why would I ever want to take a job that's going to be automated away, right? Like we run into a lot of those perception issues about manufacturing because there's like, 
it's still for the average person almost it seems is my my take on it i'd love to know how you feel is that it's still not necessarily the easiest thing or most obvious thing to to get in and see some facilities like like you've like you're making like others like have like with these 3d printers and laser cutters and things to like change that perception a little bit of what 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 can be done no and i agree and you know uh, there's a a lot of the a lot of the areas especially in the skigan you know where, where the lab is located um a lot of that industry left right so it you know back in the I don't know. I, I wasn't living out there, but you know, there's a lot of vacant factories and, you know, I just heard, hear, hear about it from everyone. Just, you know, the, there's a big push for the city and, you know, a lot of organizations trying to bring Muskegon back because it got burned by industry closing down and leaving and sending jobs off, you know, offshore and all that stuff. So trying to like rebuild that community and have them relook at like, Hey, yeah. So manufacturing burned you, you know, well, probably burned your, your, dad or your dad's dad or something when they left, you know, years ago, but, um, we're, we're here now, <laughs> you know, this is, this is, uh, the community coming back. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And it's something I, I mean, I, I had not thought of it at that level for like, it, it, like until it kind of kept coming up in conversations that I've having with people's like, Hey, would you ever think about manufacturing as a career path? And like those themes kind of came up in different ways uh, over and over again. Sure. sure. And, and so now kind of like, as you kind of kick, kick the tires, kind of get everything back up and running, what are you excited about for this summer? And are there any interesting courses or things that you have up your sleeve to, to, to start re-engaging the community? Um, I'm, I'm excited to see people again, (laughs) like a lot of us, right? Like the first time when uh, we were back in the lab, you know, in the recent months and just seeing like fellow coworkers and stuff, I'm like, who are you people? Like, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, but yeah, then, you know, just re-engaging with people who, you know, had used the fab lab, like what's changed in their life, right? Like uh, maybe something, you know, maybe they've been studying up Adobe Illustrator this whole year and then now they come back and they're experts, right? In graphic design, um, <laughs> which we could use in the lab all the time for help. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, just like, you know, the, the stories is what I miss, you know, over the past year and a lot of our downtime, we revamped our website. So it kept me busy, you know, right away when everything shut down, I kind of lost my mind, right. Not having anything to do. Um, that's how I got involved with the PPE effort, uh, locally and, you know, uh, in my, in my, uh, year off year ish off, <laughs> uh, a lot of my time was spent like, all right, I gotta, I'm going to go through the stories from the past three years um, find these cool projects, these cool stories that, you know, maybe only a handful of people know. That's one thing I found out too, is like, like, I'll be like, Hey, do you know so-and-so at the makerspace is doing this? And you know, somebody who's always in the makerspace fab lab will be like, no, I didn't know that. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, like, Oh, these are cool projects. Right. So I started putting together these uh, case studies essentially of different, you know, events or success stories of people using the space, you know, like, Caden and his glasses, right? Like that's gonna, that's definitely a story people like to hear. Like the twelve year old saving up money for a mini bike. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, and it, it's weird because there's this definite stop point when I go through my photos, uh, you know, Google Photos, trying to like, all right, let's try to figure out, like, because I I try to take pictures of everything. That's kind of how I you know went back to document like 
okay, on this date, we had this group in. All right, so that's a case study. Um, you know, and it kind of, there was a stop stopping point, right? Boom, abruptly, right? Where there was nothing. So, you know, I really want to add more of those stories to, to the Fab Labs future, right? And really need to get those across. So that's why, I, you know, I'm glad I spent the time the past year kind of corralling what we have done together. And now I just got to slowly get it all on the website. So, you know, you know, people can experience it be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, people, things that people never thought of, like, you know, somebody used, uh, used the Fab Lab to make a ton of stuff for their wedding, you know, and I'll say that to somebody like, oh my God, I never thought of that. <laughs> so, yeah. And part of that reopening a few weeks ago was the AMUG show and you were awarded one of the prestigious scholarships. Do you want to talk about, talk about that and your experience this year at AMUG? Sure. Um, like I said before, I'm just recovered now from AMO. That was a long week, <laughs> but it was great. Like I just, you know, I don't know. I'm very, I'm a more humble person. I could talk really well and, um, you know, it doesn't bother me to get in, front of talk, get in front of people and talk to them. But like, I was surprised the number of people that were like recognizing me after or during that event, like, oh, good speech and good job. Congrats. I'm just like, thank you, stranger. Like everybody was so friendly <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the winning the award was really cool. It was like last year, uh, you know, I'd saw LinkedIn posts from uh, Zach Holcomb who runs like Added America. And I was like, you know what? I should, I should try to enter this, you know? So I got all the stuff together. I only had like two days to get everything together because it was like right before the deadline, but I got it all, I got stuff together and um, worked on it all weekend. And, you know, then I won <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, sweet. Yeah. We're going to go to Chicago. And um, then it got, you know, rained out of my parade which you know honestly ended up being really cool because it was in orlando right so how cool is that you know we got to go to the harry potter world and all that cool stuff that's in orlando um but the other thing that's cool is so the other two the other winners um so last year's winners got to go this year and then the current winners got to go this year so you know we kind of had a pack of four of us and getting to hang out with sean john and kate um like we just, we bonded really well. It was a really cool group and we still are chatting up each other in text, right? Like, so that I'm, I'm sad that COVID happened and canceled the stuff, but, you know, taking some good things out, away from it. Um, I would have never met, you know, those individuals all together in one spot. And, you know, the number of people who came up to me at dinner at AMUG and were like, grab my back. And I'm like, oh. they're like, dude, tell me what we can do to help you in the, you in the fab lab. You know, these people, they were with um, Eat Aerospace over in Detroit. They're like, we want to help you. I'm like, I'm just trying to get chicken, man. I was like, um, I'll think about it. <laughs> I was like, you know, everybody just wants to help. Like, it's, it was crazy. <laughs> so on that note, kind of if people want to find out more information or get involved or help in any way um, or see some of the stories, tell us more. Yeah, lakeshorefablab.com. Brand new website and way more integrated, right? We're, uh, <laughs> we ditched our old website, which was so bad. <laughs> um, it was bad. <laughs> but now it's all WordPress, right? And it's, everything's like hopefully flawless. You know, I'm still learning how to use it. But it's, it's a lot more sleeker, cutting edge, you know. So I definitely say would check out the new website. Um, you know, follow, you know, at Lakeshore Fab Lab on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, 
I probably don't post as much. Oh, I don't I haven't had a lot to post, you know, because we've been closed. So I try to post some stuff, but you know, as we get more people in and more stories to tell, there'll be more on there. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for telling your story, and uh, we'll check back in in a few months and hear some of those cool stories. And I'll see you in person soon. Maybe I'll be up that way in in the summer. Sure, sounds good, man. All right, thank you. Yep. <laughs>